Welcome to Pints and Politics. I'm your host, Dan Parsons. Welcome to episode number 47. As you know, uh, we have a lot of fun talking with the opinion leaders, thought leaders, and the people that make a difference in our community. And today is no exception. Let me introduce our guests. I'm delighted to introduce uh, two of our Lancaster County Commissioners. Uh, Deb Shore, Rick Vest. Uh, welcome to Pints and Politics. We're, we're excited to be here. Yeah, it's really. a first for both of us. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, Dan. thank you you. you. you do seem excited. <laughs> Some guests just kind of roll in and it's like, what is this all about? <laughs> Where is the beer? People have to ask. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to that. Huh. Well, let me just uh, do a brief introduction. So Deb is currently serving her fifth term, fifth term. as Lancaster mm -hmm. County Commissioner. First elected in 2006, uh, Deb, rep <clears throat> Deb represents District 3. Th those of you who are following along on your, on your maps, uh, District 3 includes Southwest Lancaster County, which mm -hmm. includes the communities of Hickman, Denton, Firth, Hallam, Panama, Roca, and Sprague. That's that correct. correct. That's correct. Okay. And, uh, I should have run this bio past you, Deb, but uh, I, I found this somewhere. Proud mother of two. I know that's correct. Yes. Married to attorney slash husband, Mark. Right. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, new grandmother. You need to get that oh, in there. Oh, and the new yeah. grandmother. Uh, uh, we should talk about, I think we all share that. We, we yeah, can we talk do. about being grandparents. Uh, but you've been uh, married to attorney husband, Mark, mm -hmm. for 35? Uh, we're getting closer to 40 now. It's like 38. It'll be uh, 38. Yeah, so. Does he know that? He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I remind him. Oh, uh, Mark's a great guy for those of you who know. And uh, and this is from your uh, Twitter. Uh, so maybe you haven't updated your mm -hmm. Twitter. Uh, training for the next half marathon and mm -hmm. you love dogs. I, I do love dogs. That's for sure. Uh, we have a Sheltie by the name of Mocha. And um, I still love running, but right now I'm running for office and not running to train for a half marathon. That is so good. Mm. So, That's excellent. So, yeah. And, and a new granddaughter? A grandson. Grandson. And Thank you, they live in Gretna. So close enough oh, that I get to see Little Landon uh, frequently. That's great. Well, Deb, thank you for being here. And, uh, and Rick Vest. Uh, Commissioner Vest uh, is... Uh, District 5, Correct. if you're following mm -hmm. along. And let me describe, yours is much easier, uh, Rick. District 5 includes Northeast Lincoln, Waverly, and the surrounding rural areas. Yeah, mm -hmm. my friends in Davie are still in the district. So okay. yeah, that sums it up. Havelock, you know, yeah. all those Northeast neighborhoods. Because you have deep roots in Havelock. Because as, uh, as I know this, but as I reminded myself, you began your career at Burlington Northern Railroad in 1974. 1974. Wow. You must have been like, like <laughs> in high school or? I was pretty young. Dan. You had to be. Yeah. Uh, but a great career at the railroad. You retired in 2015, uh, but you're certified by the state of Nebraska in basic family mediation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is just fascinating. I think that's such a great training ground yeah. for being on the county board. It's uh, it's a great skill set to have, and it really emphasizes listening to what's being said and making sure that people uh, what they're saying is recognized, so they know that you understand what they're trying to tell you. And 
it helps uh, it helps foster positive communications and problem solving instead of finger pointing and name calling. I like that. Yeah. I like that, Rick. Uh, so, and then on the personal side, your wife Dawn and you have get out your fingers and toes. Eight children and eighteen grandchildren. Well, is that, that a typo? That no, but it's it's outdated because okay. we passed the 18 mark we're um together we have 21 grandchildren That's that amazing. we try to keep up with that wh whatever is, they have going on yeah well th th there's a full-time job um <laughs> your hobbies include traveling attending sporting events for 21 grandchildren mm -hmm. and and i know you're a huge pick a pickleball there you go that's uh, it i Without pickleball, I don't know if I could possibly make it through a week. So all That's my great. all my friends down at uh, Peterson Park and Speedway and, and just mm -hmm. get together with them, have a great time. It's a That's, wonderful activity. That's outstanding. Well, uh, as is our tradition, uh, I think one of the only ways we should be talking about politics is enjoying a Nebraska craft of beer. So we do that here on Pines and Politics. And, and here's what I've chosen today. I hope this is okay. I've chosen a, a Skinny Legs IPA for those athletes, marathon runner, pickleball player, uh, biker. Uh, we're trying to get skinny legs. So this is a light drinking IPA okay. from our friends at White Elm Brewing uh, right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So uh, only thing I'm gonna tell you about this other than that is the description. It says juicy and aromatic. So, juicy and aromatic skinny legs. Done this once or twice. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, All my right. friends. All right. To you, Dan. And to you, Rick. Deb. See. Mm. Juicy right? yeah. and juicy aromatic. and aromatic. Yeah. We decided before we came on that Deb and I are kind of IPA fans. Rick, mm -hmm. not so much. Um, but this is an easy drinking, right? Yeah. Very nice. It'll be okay. Yeah, Great yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we will enjoy that. We thank our friends at Wine Elm Brewing. Um, so, well. Again, I can't thank you guys enough. There's an election coming up. Uh, in fact, there's a primary election coming up on May 10th. Mm -hmm. And one of you have a primary opponent. The other one does not. So right. Rick, your name will not appear on the primary ballot because that, you don't have a primary opponent. That's correct. On the, on, in the May election, I won't be on the ballot, nor, nor will anybody else who is the only candidate within their political party. So right. there'll be a lot of folks who aren't on the primary ballot, but some <laughs> very some, much are. Yes. Some get yes. to play a little sooner than others. Right. And right. so you do have a primary opponent. Your name will be on the primary ballot uh, on May 10th. In fact, tell me that the election will be decided on May 10th. That's correct. Uh, no Democrat uh, had filed for uh, the District 3 seat. So uh, this particular race will be decided in the Republican primary coming up here in just 27 days. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not that you're counting. Not that I'm counting. Well, so and uh, we'll work hard, clear up until 
probably that Tuesday at noon, I'll still be. If you see a blur a going by, that will be Commissioner <laughs> Shore on sure. her way. Yeah, knocking on another door. Well, so. and uh, I know how much work it is. Uh, I've never been a candidate. I've been behind the scenes for many, many years, uh, as you know, Deb and, yeah. and Rick. And uh, I, I just want to thank you both for serving and being willing to serve again uh, because it's a big job. Well, and one of the things that we really have focused on over the past, oh, I'd say four, four weeks since the weather's turned a little bit nicer is door to door. Yep. And I don't think anything makes as big an impact on voters as actually seeing the candidate Very show up um, at your door. I mean, you can do direct mail and you can do radio and you can do TV and you know, like you said, all the social media, but there's something about talking to the voters one-to-one -one, and that's really, has been our focus and will be our focus up until election day. What's a common question you get door to door? Um, well, Why are you here? Well, <laughs> no, and this probably won't surprise you because I'm knocking on uh, doors of Republican Republicans, voters, sure. is the governor's race. Oh, that's okay. what people yeah, want to talk about. Because that's where all the money is being spent. And you know, a lot of TV ads. Yeah. And um, while there is, you know, a um, gubernatorial candidate on the Democratic ticket, it's really it's close all, on the Republican yep. side right now. And who's ahead and all the numerous TV commercials. So, you know, other than property tax, that's probably the, the most common question, probably even more common is, what are you thinking about the governor's race? Right. So it's fun to have that conversation as well. And Rick, I suspect uh, another common question uh, that people have maybe all the time, what the heck does a county commissioner do? Yeah, I would not maybe not in the specific area Deb's in, but that's the question I most commonly get. People within the city limits of Lincoln don't realize that they're involved in county commissioners' races because we don't directly uh, govern citizens within the municipalities of Lancaster County. We do impact what's going on in their lives, absolutely, somewhat indirectly, somewhat directly, but. Uh, most of them pay more attention to the city council or the mayor or different levels of government. Uh, Deb, how do you answer that question? What does the county board do? Well, in one of the ways um, I normally start out this explanation is county government is different than uh, the federal government or state government or city government where you have like, you know, the president, the governor, the mayor, and then you have the council and you have the legislative body. In county government, there's five of us and we all have to work together with the other eight elected officials like the county attorney and the public defender and the county clerk and, and all those other elected offices. So um, you can have the world's greatest idea, but if you aren't you know, negotiating or compromising with your fellow county commissioners, your great idea could go down in flames you know, four to one. And so I think it really is a very collaborative form of government. We serve in both the you know executive, you know, and the legislative branch. Right, right. So. Well, and and Rick, you mentioned it. We talked about it a minute ago when uh, we talked about your background in mediation, and being able to not only have those conversations with your constituents, but as you suggest, Deb. Mm -hmm. uh, having those conversations and relationships with the other government governing entities that you have to deal with. It really is, as, as Commissioner Shores pointed out, it's, it's very unique in that 
there are five of us. Deb is the current chair. We're, we're very fortunate to have someone with her experience and integrity. She's just been a real, um, uh, we had a lot of new members. When I came on, Sean, Commissioner Flowerday and I came on at the same time. So two brand new members. And uh, not to interrupt, sorry to interrupt you, but I should mention uh, that I did invite Commissioner Flowerday on the show as well, because he's also up for reelection. Mm -hmm. And I knew this, but uh, Commissioner Flowerday quickly reminded me the three of you can't be in a room together. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, that's because our, our chief administrative officer reminds us yes. on a there's daily a basis. Right, we, right. And there's there, only five yeah, of you. There's, yeah, state statute governs, you know, how and when we can do business together. So, so yeah, yeah, different dynamics. Because we are sitting here talking about county-related business and that. And so if Sean was here, that'd be a meeting. I don't know. If there's beer involved. <laughs> can it be a meeting? <laughs> I guess we need more attorneys to, to examine that question. <laughs> well, so I am interested in what are some of the issues that uh, are important to you as you contemplate another, uh, the possibility of uh, yeah. voters sending you back for another term, Deb? Do you want to start on this one? I, I would be glad to. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Um, the, the past, uh, and, you know, Commissioner Short, Deb, I'll call you whatever you want. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Deb's seen many different variations of the board during her years of service. Uh, this particular group of individuals, uh, three of us are in, were in our first term. Krista came on shortly after Sean and I were elected, that's replacing right. Jennifer yeah. Brinkman. So we literally had three people with, that didn't have a full year, a full term of experience working at the same time. Krista Yoakum is Chris, yeah. your fellow commissioner. Right. And she's in the Northwest. I think that's two, that number, District Two. two. So anyway, that, I'll, I'll, that'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll, that'll be on the quiz later. <laughs> yeah, she's two, because Rome's four, that's right. We've made tremendous uh, um, advancements in a number of areas during the last three budget cycles. Very challenging times, and Deb will add to this, but um, during the last three budget cycles, we've taken the cash reserve from about 6% of the county budget up to almost 16%, which is very good for our county in a number of ways, Dan, because one, if there is an emergency, if there was some unexpected event, we now have resources to address that emergency. That's really good. Mm -hmm. And the second part is if federal money becomes available, federal highway projects are done on a cost-sharing basis where the local entity, i.e. Lancaster County, I think it's 20% or 25%. It, it'll vary, but yeah. 80-20 so, is, is, is normal. Normal. So there you go. So they may cough in $20 million, but and that's you great, yeah. free money, but we have to find $4 million somewhere. So now we're poised to take advantage of any big opportunities that might come our way. You know, we're looking at the East Beltway. We're looking at 148th Street, South 68th Street, which Deb has mm -hmm. championed. Yeah. Uh, faithfully throughout my time working with her and we're going to make progress on those and we're we have the resources available so really proud of that we have put an additional eight 
$3.5 million into infrastructure improvements. We're talking real money. I mean, yes. in three, budge, are, in three right. budget I, years, yeah. Yeah. with all the challenges we've faced from record snowfalls right. to record flooding to a pandemic, pandemic. to mm -hmm. all the problems we face, we've still managed to carve that money out. And we're facing a jail population that just does not decline. Yes. We had a dip during COVID for a lot of reasons, but repeatedly we're seeing our jail grow, a population grow increasingly towards capacity. And that's not healthy for the staff, for the inmates, for their families, for our population. Let alone the taxpayers. Let right. alone the taxpayers. Right. No. So no. we are working and we've got a number of initiatives going on where we're funding nonprofits to help address those needs because some of these people, it, you know, it sounds terrible to say somebody's been arrested 18 times, sure. but the 18 charges are, um, uh, what's the noise? Trespassing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, disturbing the peace. They're not felonies. No, no they're just no. people that are just not quite balanced yeah. right. that need a place to land yes, where sir. they can pull themselves together. Yes, and then they're not in the courts. They're not in the jail. They're somewhere more productive for everybody. So I, I having worked in the attorney general's office in another lifetime, I, I'm very sensitive to the whole criminal justice uh, oh. challenge that you guys uh, face on a regular basis. So in addition to some of those issues, Deb, um, there is some money available to you from the federal government, right? Right. right. <laughs> and, um, you know, your question was, what are you, you know, looking forward to or are you expecting mm -hmm. in the next several years? And um, that's one of the things that excited me about running for office again after so many years. Uh, the fact that um, as a result of the American Recovery Plan Act, ARPA as we call it, Lancaster County received $62 million in our allocation. And then the just for the county. Just for the county. And then the city received $43 million. So uh, we've partnered with the city as part of our, our planning process, so we're not duplicating efforts. But you know, you think about over $100 million. What a wonderful opportunity to make generational change, yes. you know, in once, Lincoln. Literally in, once in a lifetime. Yes, in Lincoln and Lancaster County. And, um, you know, I feel that, that my knowledge and my expertise Absolutely. gained over the years are will be helpful in, in making those uh, decisions. So some of those dollars have been allocated, but they're still yet more to right. be allocated. Right. We kind of have kind of, a, I would say, a draft plan, mm -hmm. you know, right. certain um, kind of areas we want to focus on. And um, some of those contracts have been signed, meaning that we um, have definite plans in place. And some of it is just a little bit more kind of in the preliminary stages. I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. Broadband. One of the things that was really uh, highlighted as part of the pandemic and the whole uh, work from home, yep. school from home, yep. um, all of that um, type of um, unsettledness was the fact that a lot of our more rural constituents in Lancaster County didn't have quality high-speed internet, and it made that challenging. And, and I find that fascinating. I've mm -hmm. been involved a little bit in the broadband yeah. on the state level. And yeah, people right here in Lancaster County, right. we're, we're not talking Cherry County or 
actually Cherry County is probably one of the better counties, yeah. but yeah. we're not talking Kiapaha or Box Butte or something yeah. Yeah. In, in rural, yeah. very rural right. Nebraska. Right. We're talking 40, 30 miles outside of Lincoln. Right. There's people that can't dial up their Netflix, right? Right. <laughs> Let alone yeah. uh, work from yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. So the um, rules and regulations. Anytime you're working with federal dollars, there's a lot of those. And so one of the allowable uses was to expand broadband broadband access, and that really I think jumped yeah. out as an early priority yeah. um, for yeah. the board because we all have not only Lincoln City constituencies but rural constituencies. Right. So. Um, we have issued an RFP to get um, a consultant to, to work with us um, to make smart decisions regarding that part of, you know, kind of our ARPA package. And, um, you know, we've allocated some additional funds for public health. Uh, we're mm -hmm. doing a expanded culvert replacement project. We uh, supported the airport. The airport. Oh, airport. good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yep. We've yeah. had the airport. Uh, mm -hmm. We've had... Dave and his crew on uh, yeah. the podcast before, and actually Parsons has done some work for the airport. Yeah, those dollars that we can get so that uh, we can attract right. more uh, service to Lincoln. It's, yeah. again, not only for the county, but for the city mm -hmm. uh, to continue to grow this city right. and county. And um, a significant uh, increased funding for our human service providers in this community. Another thing that was um, highlighted by the pandemic was you know, domestic abuse, yep. food insecurity, yep. mental health issues. Yep. And so providing additional funding to those entities so they can increase their capacity to serve more people in need. Yeah. Um, one of the other areas that I know you deal with on a continual basis, and you mentioned it earlier, is just roadways. Uh, Pam Dingman, uh, our, our beloved county uh, engineer, is always talking about more, I need more funds because this bridge is, uh, this road needs work. And so the constant need for that just, uh, this isn't sexy stuff, right? This isn't, uh, this is just the infrastructure needs of a growing metropolis and a growing county. Uh, so uh, Rick, talk about that a little bit. What what are the needs and, and solutions for some of those things? It's, other than just money yeah <laughs> it's it's a great topic actually and, and uh, a lot of facets to it dad in that um we repeatedly hear this is a wpa bridge or this is a bridge that was put in with federal funding mm -hmm. wpa back in world war ii yeah yeah, yeah 30s even Four sometimes yeah. Yeah. and so yeah. What we've seen, there was this influx of federal funds to help build the infrastructure when it was began. And Lancaster County is a very large county geographically and has an enormous traffic flow on a lot of our roads. Sure. So the problem is somewhat multifactorial in that uh, federal funds helped develop it, then federal funds were withdrawn. And then one thing the board, we only have limited tools as we, mm -hmm. as everyone needs to be aware of. County government is a subset of state government. Our responsibilities are defined by the state government. The tools we have to fulfill those responsibilities are also defined by state government. We don't have a mandate to create our own taxing system. We operate under those. So what we have are property tax dollars. 
when you hear things about property tax relief, that's all fine and good as long as certain legislative initiatives don't dump more responsibility on county government. The unfunded with, mandates. There, yeah. there you go. You worked that in very right, gracefully. Right, yeah. That's you. why I'm the host <laughs> of this <laughs> thing. <laughs> I was hoping you've you done your that. homework. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So. and uh, we. Uh, big topic we could spend the rest of the time on unfunded mandates but back to the infrastructure uh so we the problem has been created by the fact that federal funding was withdrawn leaving the responsibility on local property tax owners there's not enough property tax dollars in lancaster county to address all the needs but we have done several things to move in the right direction during our last three budgets, we have modernized the fleet of the engineering department. We have purchased, uh, I would say about a dozen new trucks. We had an aging fleet that was high on maintenance and breakdowns, uh, delayed efficiencies and maintenance. So we've resolved that. We've added two excavators. We just approved the second one. What we're being told by the engineering folks is that that allows them to do the work themselves. Instead of hiring contractors, mm-hmm. we do it much more efficiently and much more cost effectively. So we're moving in the right direction. Uh, we're reaching an agreement with the city of Lincoln on MPO funding, Metropolitan Planning Organization, which again is federal dollars. The recognition that some of the county problems are caused by the expansion of the city of Lincoln. Drive out in east east of 84th Street, Street and see the county mm-hmm. roads that are still gravel and rock. Right. Yeah. And look who's driving. I'm 400 plus. We know it's well over 400. Right. Right. And so, and so it just overwhelmed. At 400 cars a day, gravel roads cannot be maintained. It's just not possible. No matter how determined our county engineering folks are, it's just an overmatch for the road. So we have reached a really good agreement with them whereby they're recognizing that the responsibility on these roads is a shared responsibility and we're putting increased MPO funding into those roads yeah, right kind next of fringe, to yeah, that, that fringe development. So, uh, you know, one of the things I think is fascinating for folks that maybe don't follow county government it's just the relationship you guys have amongst yourself. There's only five of you. Uh, what's that like? You know, my favorite way to explain it is like when you get a new in-law that comes into the family. You don't pick them. They just start showing up at, you know, all at the uh, at, at, at dinner. And um, same thing after Election Day. You know, you don't get to pick your coworkers. They just show up. Yep. And right now, um, you know, we've got you know, uh, three Democrats and two Republicans and, please, and three and, women and two men. And please and, name them, Deb, again, to remind our listeners oh, who your colleagues are. Oh, OK. Um, my uh, the vice chair this year is Christy Yoakum. Yep. Uh, Sean Flowerday represents kind of the, the, the core of Lincoln. And Roma Amundsen kind of has the southern uh, east part of Very Lincoln good. and Lancaster yep. County. Thank you. So, um, like I said, it's. We're urban, we're rural, we're male, we're female, we're you know Republican, Democrat. Well, some uh, some young, some old. Sure. Uh, but, I, I but, saw you look at me, Deb. I, no, I, I got no, no, no. You you and I. Well, Sean, Sean Flowery is our youngest member, but you know the point is we just all come together and we work well as a group, 
and very few of our issues are broken down by any of those ideologies, but it's that willingness to, to come together and negotiate and compromise to make the best decisions we can for, you know, for our residents. That's good leadership. And uh, Rick, because you guys spend a lot of time together. You know, it's a funny thing. It's a great point, Dan, and I appreciate you asking because, you know, we we are together every Tuesday and Thursday, 50 weeks a year. And, you know, it's easy to look forward to going in. We've done a number of things that have made it work. And the biggest thing we did was we there were points, new people on the board, new initiatives, new priorities. There were, I, I can identify three points where the board could have fractured. But at all three points, uh, people had the courage to have difficult conversations face to face. What are you thinking? Why are you doing this? What's going on? And those conversations led to strengthen relationships, healthy ability to disagree and yet maintain our focus on problem solving. A lot of tribute to the leadership on the board. And we have hired the best staff so, yeah. in that, the that, country it, yes yeah, it, yeah. in That's, the country again those are things that the public doesn't see doesn't see and but i can attest i've i've spent a few hours mm -hmm. uh yeah. in meetings before you for clients mm -hmm. and i can attest you both all five of you have mm -hmm. done exactly what you described rick yeah. you've been leaders and that's where it really comes down so I, I want to thank you both. Let me wrap up by just uh, thanking some of our uh, people that make this happen. Uh, the crew at BCom Solutions, Courtney, Caitlin is here with us, and Rachel. Uh, their team do all of the production, editing, and distribution of this podcast. Kim Remington, Operations Manager at Parsons Public Relations. The Pints and Politics theme music is written and performed by Jack Rodenberg. Oh, uh, very nice. Yep. A very well-known yep. name in the Pretty community. Uh, Fuse Coworking, our home in Parsons Public Relations, located in the heart of the Haymarket here. And our guests, Commissioner Deb Shore, Commissioner Rick Vest. Um, can we, uh, just as we close, if they want to know more information yes. Um, yes, about... My race uh, for county commissioner for re-election, they just need to go to debshore.com, D-E-B-S-C-H-O-R-R.com. Wonderful. Moore. And we will put those in the True. notes to make sure that people can find you. And Rick, the same with you. We will make right. sure. VoteVest.com. Perfect. All right. Friends, cheers. Thank, Thank you. Thank you Dan. so much, Dan. Well done.